Canucks fans. Welcome into episode 159 here of the Canucks Speakeasy Podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Doug. And I'm Brendan, a.k.a. J-Bo. We got a four-game flight after taking a week off here. So, Doug, why don't you start us off here? The Canucks played the Dallas Stars and came away with a 4-3 loss in overtime. Teddy Bluger had two assists in this game. Connor Garland had a goal and assist, as did Dakota Joshua. The third line kept being the Canucks' best line. And then, right prior to Christmas, the Canucks beat San Jose 7-4. Andre Kuzmenko with a, an impressive return to the lineup with a couple of goals. Uh, the third line continues to roll. Dakota Joshua with a goal. Pia Suter with a goal. Neil Zomai. It's a, one of those games where, where all the lines chipped in and, and had a say and, and, and won that game. They, they made it a little closer than they should have against a bad Sharks team, but we'll cut them some slack the last game. Coming out of the break, I, for some reason, agreed to take this game. The Canucks laid a bit of an egg against the Flyers, or maybe the Flyers are good. I don't know. Uh, but, again, it was that third line for the Canucks. Teddy Bluger with the goal. Uh, Flyers scored three quick ones in the second. Canucks never really recovered. 4-1 Flyers to end a streak of getting points in, I believe it was nine consecutive games. The Canucks' first game of 2024 was against the Ottawa Senators. Wayne Gretzky was in attendance, along with Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Wow. But you're here to know what the score was. And the score was 6-3 for the Canucks. It was a five-goal first period. The Canucks kind of sat back on their heels after that five-goal outburst. Ottawa made it somewhat close, but the Canucks, like I said, came away with a 6-3 victory. Pew Suter had two goals and an assist. Elias Petherson also had two goals. And JT Miller, a goal and an assist. And I was almost waiting for the Canucks to stop practice and have a ceremony for Wayne Gretzky or uh, stop the game and have a ceremony. It's just uh, there's so much Gretzky hype uh, around him being there. Talk its old buddy Wayner in the house. I mean, every time he's around the Canucks, something seems to happen for him. I, I was making a joke uh, saying he's probably uh, come to town to get some uh, some odds on some NFL playoff games because we know, you know, Tockett and Gretzky or Paulina Gretzky <laughs> all those years ago made some Super Bowl bets that were whatever. But uh, no, I, I thought it was cool seeing Wayne in attendance. I don't know. Was, yeah. There's some funny there's some funny shots uh, circulating out there. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it was great. I mean, hey, it's the great one. And he was in Vancouver and and you know, I mean, he's he's been a a fan of this a fan of this group and and has had a lot of good things to say and it was, you know, it wasn't a 60-minute performance. Hell, I don't even think it was a 40-minute performance, but It was an 18 18 minute performance. Yeah, it was one of those games where you're like, you know, and yeah, I was frustrated because I thought, you know, some some of their some areas of their game you know, in the last two periods, especially, you know, I, I, I'm of the belief that if you have a lead and especially a big lead, that the only team that should be getting odd man rushes should be you, that yeah. there, you have no reason to be giving up odd man rushes. Um, but they did. And it was really the only two goal, goals Ottawa scored were off of, off of odd man rushes off of, you know, 
poor pinches, poor rotation. It's I'd have to go back and look and see what specifically it was. But, you know, I mean, the one goal where Hughes was basically down below the goal or down the goal line for a while and then kind of stayed up near the circle and, and never got back into position and they go back and Ottawa goes down and scores. And it's just, I thought, geez, like you don't need to do that. You know, if you just stay structurally sound, especially with the way Ottawa was playing last night, if you just stay structurally sound, play well defensively, at some point Ottawa's going to gift you opportunities like they did in the first period. And just the Canucks decided that they were going to try to force opportunities, which, you know, was an, which was an area of, of the way they used to play in the past that always frustrated me, where they seemed to force the issue rather than just let the game come to them with the lead. Um, and it's something they've been much better with this year. And, and I'm sure, you know, you go up five, nothing. So, and, and, you know, things get a little more lax than they might be if it was like a, a one or a two goal lead. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tend to give them a pass and, and hopefully on this road trip, which is going to be a tough one. It's, it's uh, not something that rears its ugly head. Um, at any point over the next seven games. Well, and yeah, at least it's a win is a win. It's nice to at least win these games. These are games in the last few years we wouldn't have lost. So for us fans to be griping about a win, there was a lot. And I was one of them too, because I thought it was a pretty sloppy win. But we still won the game. And, you know, this is maybe the sign of a good team. You win games when you play sloppy. And uh, uh, these are, again, though, these are the type of games that we wouldn't have won in previous years. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of Canucks stuff, uh, some junior stuff as well on this episode. Uh, you can also follow us online on Twitter. I'm Pete underscore gas. The podcast is at Canucks speak. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Venn and be sure to check out the playlist on Spotify and Apple music. It's the Canucks speakeasy outro playlist. And I'm at Jabo underscore Vancouver, J A B O underscore Vancouver, not to be confused <laughs> with not underscore <laughs> Jabo underscore Vancouver, which, you know, hey, if you're out there and you're listening, I'm flattered that you decided to make You've it. made it, buddy. You made it. Me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, find something better to do with your life. I'm not that important. Uh, and you can follow <laughs> us on YouTube by hitting the subscribe button. So please do that because uh, we deserve it. Yeah, uh, you've made it now, man. If uh, it's like I had a pizza named after me at work, you've got a you've got an account that's a parody of you. Like, geez, we are. I'd we much are rather have. A, I would much rather have a pizza <laughs> made after me than have a parody. Like, if having a parody account means I made it, I would rather not make it. <laughs> uh, that's the world we live in, man. You got to deal with uh, all this incredible fame that comes with uh, with Twitter and this podcast. Uh, guys, before we do get into all that, I uh, almost forgot it is uh, the end of the month happened. We got the three stars of the month. Uh, Doug, again, why don't you start us off with your three stars for the month of December 2023? I think he'll be back for an encore yet tonight. Fans haven't left. They're still here. And still the three-star selections to come. Sure. Well, one player who didn't only play uh, 20 minutes of solid hockey last night, uh, he played a full 60 minutes of hockey. My third star for the month of November, or sorry, December, uh, even though last night's game wasn't in December, it was in January. And that's Thatcher Demko. Demko played eight games. And he went 6-1-1 one, and one with a 2.98 goals against average. He was under a 9 save percentage with an 8 or a 0.897 save percentage. But Thatcher Demko would be my third star for the month of December. 
Uh, star number two, uh, Teddy Bluger. I mean, 12 games played, 11 points, four goals, seven assists. Bluger has been the engine that really, you know, that entire third line has been incredible. Uh, and December was definitely that line's month. And Bluger, to me, was the shining star, even though all three of those players were only separated by two points for the entire month. Bluger's my second star. And first star for the month of December, I'm giving it to Brock Besser. Besser had seven goals, four assists in 12 games played. Uh, Besser's goal totals, he's still not slowing down whatsoever in his goal totals. So yeah, for me, it's Besser one, Bluger two, Demko three. All right, man. This is a this is a fun month. Like uh, there was a lot of guys I was looking at, and uh, I think we're gonna have. I'm curious to hear Brendan's list after this as well. Third star for the for the month is the guy you just mentioned, Brock Besser. Led the team in goals for the month with seven, uh, and he's not slowing down. And that's something that I think a lot of us thought would maybe happen. Um, he's not just producing on the power play. Six of his goals this month were at even strength. Uh, it's it's great to see what Brock is is doing out there, not slowing down 11 points in 12 games. Number two for me is also Teddy Bluger. I mean, this third line has been our best line over the last stretch of hockey, and he had 11 points in 12 games for the month. He is riding, what, like a nine or 10 game point streak. Uh, what a revelation he's been and has really given us some depth down the middle, especially with the return of Pia Suter. Uh, Suter is all of a sudden now in a fourth line role and also playing fantastic. And the Canucks are very solid up the middle. Teddy Bluger in between Joshua and Garland, who I got to give honorable mentions to. Number one for me, uh, I got to give it to Quinn Hughes just because of not just his numbers, but what I watched from him this month. He, he just continues to be Quinn Hughes. Even the games where he's quiet, he's still doing stuff. He's still making these sharp passes, these outlets. He's getting it out. He's not making a lot of bad turnovers. Uh, he's had a couple here and there, but... Nothing that I'd really worry too much about. Leads the team in ice time, getting a ton of power play time. Uh, 12 points in 12 games. Um, I got to give it to who, the guy who's likely, in my opinion, going to be uh, the Canuck who is added to the All-Star lineup before the fan voting. Brendan, who you have? All right, number three, just like uh, Doug, uh, Thatcher Demko. I mean, I, I, think, I think it's hard not to have Thatcher Demko on the list just because of what he means to this team, both him and, and Casey DeSmith as well. Honorable mention to Casey DeSmith as well, who's been fantastic. But, you know, you need those linchpins in net. And I believe at one point in the last month, uh, Thatcher Demko was named a second star of the week and, and really has been fantastic. Uh, second star, I'm, I, and I'm going all third line. Because I think, you know, above anything else, that third line seems to have gotten what Rick Tockett wants, you know, as well as anybody. So my second star, uh, Dakota Joshua, not just because what what he's done on that third line, but also as a penalty killer as well. Um, having him kind of sort of take on that role, it really has allowed for them to not have to, to use... Um, uh, Patterson and and JT Miller to the extent that they were in the past, and really, if you see, you know, you're, you're seeing uh, Teddy Bluger take a lot of those uh, those starts um, when 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 the PK begins, and and he's winning draws as well, which is important, um, and that's why he's my number one star. I just think those two. Obviously, I, I feel bad leaving out Connor Garland because I think he's probably five on five been the best player on that line. Um, but just with those two, Bluger and, and Dakota Joshua has met, have meant not just to that line with the goals that they've been scoring, 
the offense they've been producing, but also um, five on five or I'm sorry, PK as well, which I just, I, I, you know, it's going to be as important as this uh, second half roll rolls along and definitely on this seven game road trip, you know, it's, it's important that that PK um, does well. I just, I remember there was the, the, the overtime where um, Rick Tockett put Dakota Joshua on the ice in Dallas and, and I mean, he almost single-handedly won that game in overtime and probably should have because he was the only reason why they created that two on O. And it just was unfortunate thing that, that, that two on O you had a, you had a dead tired Elias Patterson. And, and, you know, I think in the evolution of Dakota Joshua, you hope in the future that what he does is that he realizes, Hey, you know, I mean, as good as Elias Patterson is, I'm good too. And I can take this and I can have that, that amount of confidence that I can take this puck and win this game. Cause I, I really think that he probably should have been the one um, just to go in on a solo breakaway um, with uh, Pedersen being as tired as he was. So yeah, those are my three stars. Nice. It's interesting. I None agree. of us had uh, Miller or Pedersen in there and it's not that they played bad. They were both point a game. Pedersen actually led the team in scoring yeah. for the month of December and none yeah, of us put him yeah. on there. It's not a yeah. It's obviously, uh, but, it's not a slight on and on either. On no, either not at all. at all. This is a it's a good thing. Yeah, it's good in my opinion. It's nice to yeah. It's, this yeah. is a, this is nice to have that. And I mean, to give have Teddy Bluger get on all three of ours. It was it was really it was impossible not to put Teddy Bluger on as one of the stars of the month. I'm glad you gave Joshua the nod. I really looked hard at him. Yeah. I really wanted to get Besser in there. And uh, again, I'm just continuously impressed by Hughes. But uh, Hughes could have honestly, in a lot of ways, been interchanged with some other guys uh, as well on there. Um, it was a pretty solid month overall. So it's really nice to see. I guess we had like six different Canucks uh, in there, which is uh, that's going to be fun for the stats, uh, which we got a tally where uh, I don't have them handy. Uh, but next uh, next time we do this, we'll have uh, the updated list of where everyone is standing in uh, in the Golden Barfly. Uh, award for the Canucks speakeasy um guys uh I know we we heard you touched on the seven game road trip but I can't I kind of want to start with the juniors a bit today before we get into the, the the Canucks and what's coming up here and what's going on because yeah this this road trip's going to be massive but Brendan for those of uh you guys out there guys and gals watching on YouTube got a lovely Swedish player back there and before we get into the Canucks prospects I just want to talk a little bit about the juniors because what I've noticed, and I've tweeted a bit about this, there seems to be a different different kind of feel about the juniors this year among Canadians. I, and I don't know if it's just that, you know, there's no Russia, the early starts, although we've had early games uh, and early tournaments before, the lack of high-end talent on Team Canada. Uh, I don't know what it is, but a lot of people just, myself included, were not invested in Canada at all this year. I, I hardly watched any. I've watched more Sweden than Canada. And I said going into this tournament, I was going to be more interested in Sweden because of the Canucks. But I thought at first this was a Vancouver thing, but I've talked to friends in other cities and other markets. This seems to be larger than just a Vancouver thing. This seems to be a fairly cross Canada thing. And it's not everybody. There are still people who are quite into it, but most hockey fans I talk to and most of my buddies who are hockey fans cheering for Jets, Flames, Habs, Leafs, whoever else, they're kind of in the same boat. Uh, so I'd just love to hear what you guys kind of thought about the juniors and where you kind of maybe stand right now with, with team Canada. Uh, well, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I've never really been a fan of the tournament. I've, I've always thought the world juniors was completely a manufactured and overblown tournament. I've always thought that. Um, I think for a lot of people, 
um, with what's happened with Hockey Canada over the past few years, that has yeah. definitely left definitely. a sour taste. And it, it, and for me, it's only um, just further cemented the idea in my mind that this was a completely overblown tournament that 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 gave prominence to kids that were way too young. And you know, we've seen it whether you know when they win the adulation they've gotten, and when they lose the vitriol that they get for some people. I mean, I'm, I, I just, I look at guys that are like men that are 40 and 50 years old that are piling on kids that are, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. And I'm like, fucking get a life. Like seriously, get yeah. a life. These kids, these are children. These are literally children that don't have, that don't have. And, and, and I'm sorry for people who seem to think that professional athletes and young athletes at that age are somehow more mature and able to handle this more than, than other 16, 17, and 18-year-olds? Fuck off. There's no way. A 16, 17, and 18-year-old are a 16. They're teenagers. They're children. They don't have the emotional maturity to be able to handle that. And what happens? You got stuff. You know, we all know the rumors and the things that have come out over the past few years involving some of the teams and, 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 you know, without going into it, cause we all know what it is. So, you know, my apathy and towards Canada goes back a long time. I mean, Canada, I mean, Canada is the best, is the greatest hockey power in the world. Obviously there are countries that are coming along that are rivaling us, but it, it you know, you still expect Canada to win these tournaments. So, I mean, you know, I, I just, I don't, it's hard for me to get invested in something. I much rather get invested in sports where Canada isn't, a dominant power you know like i love tennis i love golf i love when canadians do well in track and field or swimming and sports that we're not necessarily known for hockey just for me you know yeah i'll cheer for canada at the olympic level when we've got our best on best because i just think it's fun um but for stuff like this i just think this was manufactured and now it's just become a monstrosity and i think people have over the last couple of years have kind of caught on that it's just it, it doesn't need to be this big yeah, look, I look first. I think the Hockey Canada controversy is is one of the biggest reasons why I think a lot of Canadians aren't as emotionally invested in the World Juniors as they used to be. And look, to be fair, none of the players that have played for Team Canada the last handful of years were involved in that controversy. But the fact that Team Canada hasn't seemed to have any responsibility or have had to be like ha held had their feet held to the fire for covering up, you know, essentially sexual assault. Uh, I think that leaves a lot of uh, bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Uh, I also think like, I think you said this earlier, Pete, there wasn't really any like elite generational talent, not just on team Canada, but I think in this tournament as a whole, right? Uh, last year we had Bedard and Bedard had a, you know, a, an incredible world juniors. And yes, I agree. I mean, the likes of Artem Chubarov being overblown because of this tournament or Canuck legend, Jordan Schrader being overblown yeah. because of this tournament. Like we, you know, so many of these guys, you know, year after year, they're the hype around them gets blown out of proportion because of this tournament. I've always been a TSN guy. I've always preferred TSN to Sportsnet, but obviously TSN losing, you know, the rights to the NHL, this has kind of become their bread and butter. And the fact that it's just after Christmas, Boxing Day, you know, it's kind of like this family affair. You get the family together, you watch the World Junior Tournament. Um, 
but all that being said, yeah, like I haven't really been invested in Team Canada for years. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Canucks don't have any players. The last significant, and I really use the quotation significant Canadian player to play for Team Canada at the World Juniors that was a Canuck was Jake Vertanen. And he had a disastrous tournament, right? I mean, he was one of the older players. I think he was a returning player and he had that awful giveaway. Um, and yeah, so I think a lot of these players either are overhyped or undervalued by the outcome of this tournament. And yes, obviously when a McDavid or you see the likes of a Sidney Crosby, or I think back to that, was it uh Jonathan Taze and Jack Johnson, the defenseman where they were going, it was mm -hmm. in Vancouver too, in the shootout back and forth. You know what I mean? Cause the cool thing with international hockey, you can have the same guy take the shootout over and over and over again, the penalty shot uh, when it comes to the shootout. So that's cool. But I agree. Like I haven't really wanted team Canada or I haven't been overly cheering for team Canada for a number of years yet now. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Brendan. I prefer when Canada is an underdog. Yes. The Olympics, when it's best on best, that's a completely different element than the world juniors. But a lot of these kids on these, you know, it means so much more. Not that it doesn't mean a lot to these Canadian kids, but you just see like when Finland finally won their, their gold medal, uh, at the world juniors, how much it meant to those kids, right. To finally get over the hump and win the gold medal, you know, Canada, I think is one, like, what is it? Like six of the last eight gold medals in the tournament. It just, it's, it loses its luster unless you got a player like McDavid or, mm -hmm. or, uh, Bedard, pardon me, playing for team Canada. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you guys as well about like like pro tournaments. Oh, I'll always like you know the 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 Olympics, the men's and the women's teams. Like f yeah, I'll 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 a hundred percent cheer for the Canadian men and women in those tournaments. And uh, you know the World Cup of of uh, soccer. Of course, I was cheering for Canada, and they're an underdog in their group. And I do like those underdog stories. Pro tournaments are a different story. I look at the juniors over the last few years as more of a showcase. For prospects but i do believe that we have put this unfair amount of pressure and i know you're a tsn guy doug and but and i know why tsn does this but tsn is the real driving factor for a oh, lot yeah. of this pressure that gets uh put on it and i just think it has become overblown blown because it is uh teenagers and i just think this is one of these things where maybe a lot of it is just catching it up and maybe we've seen this before uh someone's pager is going off there uh, and <laughs> Uh, not mine and uh I, yeah i don't know i don't know if it's the lack of if, if it's all these combinations 2018 though and the cover-up is a huge part of it all yeah uh but again i look at this now as uh more of a showcase for the tournament uh, jonah gadjevich was another team canada guy for when he was thick with the canucks wasn't he i mean not significant he'd be the, yeah. he'd be the last guy he'd be the last yeah. guy i remember on team canada i, th I think so like yeah. there's just never a lot of uh canadians you know you usually get like Finns or Czechs, and this year it's the swedes Americans. and yeah, Americans too. And even the Canucks, one of the Canucks top prospects uh, didn't make the team uh, because he's playing in the CHL right now, Hunter B. Um, but for me this year, I knew going into the tournament, I was more interested in Sweden than uh, than yeah. Team Canada. Uh, and with that, um, well, let's talk about these Swedish kids. Uh, the three Canucks playing for Team Sweden have all had fantastic tournaments so far from what I've seen. And I have actually watched the Sweden games and I am, when I'm watching them, I'm hyper-focused on those three guys. Like Harry Mackey, Guy can snipe, man. He's got a shot. I know we've been seeing it in the SHL this year, but he can actually now seeing it in this stage when he's playing against guys his same age, what he can do with it as well. Incredible. Very impressive. Uh, Elias Pettersson, uh, the other one, 
didn't realize just quite how physical the guy is. Uh, the guy has got a real shot at becoming a good second or third kind of role defenseman, I think, just from what, what we've seen. Uh, and of, of course, Tom Willander looks, I think he looks fantastic. The guy is, uh, is, it seems to have a very high hockey IQ and seems to do without doing anything exceptionally. He kind of does everything well, you know, he's kind of like a, a, like a bit of a Swiss army knife uh, or Swedish army knife, I guess, uh, of kind of do a little bit of everything. And uh, just, yeah, just kind of curious, you guys uh, thoughts on what you've seen from the three Canucks on team Sweden so far. Well, I mean, I should preface this by saying I think we tend to read a little bit too much. I mean, again, this is just a very short tournament, you know, and you got guys that aren't play that don't play together very often. So it's very easy to to either over or oh, under come on, just 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 humor me, Brandon. Just humor okay, me. All right. come on. <laughs> well, you know, what, what? Well, first of all, what I like is that Sweden, Sweden, who you know is a, a, a who has a lot, who has a lot of offensive talent. They do play a more of a structured. A defensive game, which I like because it, it, it's something that these players need to learn. I mean, hell, I mean, Sweden shuts out can team Canada, which, you know, I mean, obviously this, this Canadian team wasn't um, as touted as some we've seen in the past, but still shutting out a Canadian team uh, is no small, it's no small accomplishment. Um, and that's what I like. I, I you know, you know, certainly you look at Lekaramak and he's got the shot. I mean, and that shot's ridiculous. And the release on it, it's just so quick and so um, on point. Um, it, it's really hard to teach that because, um, I mean, let's be honest, not many not many young players have that. But what I, what I like it is that he, he has a more of a well-rounded game than you might have thought. You know, he's not... Um, lacking in his own end he is good in his own end he knows where he's supposed to be and he's a good defensive forward to complement what he brings offensively and he's showed those flashes of dynamic play you know that, that that we've seen in the shl so you know what i like about all three of them is just that well-roundedness to their game and the fact that they are good defensively so that when they do come to abbotsford and and certainly there's going to be a, a learning curve and 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 no one should expect that there shouldn't be. No one should expect LeCaramacchi to be on the Canucks at the beginning of next year. I think that's uh, unrealistic, you know, that he's I know the expectation is for him to come over here um when when his when his season's done in the SHL and play for Abbotsford down the stretch and, and hopefully in the playoffs. Um but that that's not going to be enough or at least I wouldn't think that's going to be enough for him. Um, no matter what he does in training camp next year, um, the expectation should be from all fans that he's going to spend, you know, at least half a season, if not a full season in the AHL, sort of along the lines of what we've seen with Hoaglander and, um, now with Pod Colson, which I'm expecting Pod Colson to be there for the entire season. And, and to me, it's important, not just for these players, but for this organization to set that precedent that this is what we're going to do. And we don't just do it with, you know, third and fourth rounders. We do it with our best players. You're going to come to Abbotsford. You're going to learn the way we play and you're going to learn to play it consistently. And then, and then you'll come to Vancouver. But I mean, you, again, like I said, I like what I've seen. These guys show a very well-rounded game and, and show that hopefully by the time they do get to Abbotsford, the learning curve defensively won't be as big as for some guys that we've seen coming come out of the SHL or, or sorry the CHL, where defensive hockey you know isn't 
for some teams as important as, you know, you'd might like it to be. So um, I'm happy, you know, I'm not, I'm not overblowing it. I'm not underblowing it. If that, I don't think that's a word, but you know, I, I like what I see so far. And you're not blowing it. So I'm uh, not. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, look, I, I agree. Like, I think uh, expectations of these three players, they're not going to be in a Canuck lineup for at least two years. Any of them, I don't think. Right. I don't think any of them are going to make the squad next year. Um, Patrick Alvin was interviewed. Uh, he was over there uh, watching the tournament in person. He was interviewed uh, via a Swedish uh, media uh, I'm not sure what outlet it was. And he said, you know, Tom Willander, the plan is for him to do another year in Boston University um, to get Elias Pettersson over here at the end of his uh, solid Elspeth pronunciation. Year. Yeah, solid no pronunciation. Thank you. That's nice. twice. That's, that's nice. twice he's done that nice. now. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Lekaramaki, uh, I think the plan <laughs> is to get him. I, I think don't the even plan know if that's. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> just go with it. Just go yeah, with it. You have me fooled. <laughs> um, and I think the plan is to hopefully get him over at the end of his season uh, to get some games in with Abbotsford. I think for the two, uh, DPD and Lakaramaki, the adjustment to the smaller ice is going to be something they're going to need to have to deal with. That's the one thing I really liked about the Tom Wielander pick uh, this past year was the fact that. He was going to uh, NCAA, playing in the NCAA. You never see that from a Swedish player or any European player, generally speaking. So I thought that was really an interesting development choice for him to get used to that North American ice uh, size a little quicker. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that, you know, three Canuck players, you know, regardless that they're all on Team Sweden, are having an impact like they are at the World Juniors. And I know we, the previous. 10 minutes before we got to these players, we talked about how overblown and overhyped this <laughs> tournament is. However, I, you know, I don't remember the last time there was multiple Canuck players contributing at the level that these three guys are. <laughs> and they're contributing at all levels, defensively, offensively, you, you know, uh, Elias Patterson's on the third physically. Exactly. He's, the, he's on their quote unquote third pair, but he's still leading the um swedish team in minutes time on ice like even as the third pairing defenseman uh tom wielander had that great goal i think it was against canada wasn't it uh it was just an amazing goal um so yeah the future is bright and you know i i think uh you mentioned it uh pete about hunter perskevich not making the american team but you know he's having a lights out year as well and last year lakaramaki you know he had a really bad d plus one year and i think a lot of canuck fans myself included were a yeah, little bit too. worried about his development and whether or not he was gonna you know even get a sniff in the nhl and he's really turned it around this year <laughs> hey good you know that no and you know you know what's funny is i saw i heard a stat where because this is his third world juniors uh jonathan lacare mackie because they had that weird one last summer because remember yeah, the previous right, december right. it was canceled so you had one in i think it was july and then they yeah. had the obviously the one last uh boxing day uh so this is his third world junior and you know, I, I, he's, he's really dominating this time around a guy who the Canucks were also interested in during that draft, Liam Ogren. He, this is his third rule junior appearance as well. Do you know how many goals Liam Ogren has in those three appearances? Two in three appearances Two. Wow. That's it. 
Um, so, you know, and again, not saying he's going to be a bust or anything like that. Um, but it just goes to show that LeCaron Mackey has taken his game to that next level. And I believe he's tied for the tournament lead in goals, at least up until Sweden's last game against Switzerland. And yeah, man, it's just good to see these players developing Canuck players developing. It's, it is, uh, it's definitely fun to see. And of course it's all on team Sweden. It's like, you know, I talked to my buddies who are kind of, you know, not Canucks fans are casually following it. Oh, where are your prospects? Sweden, all of them. Yep. They're all on Sweden. And also Doug, I think Doug took offense to me always calling us the podcast that mispronounces player names. Cause he even got Hunter B right in there. Like you're, you're, you're killing it today. Doug's my new being, year's resolution guys. Yeah, my new year's man. resolution. <laughs> you're, you're well at three days in and you're, uh, you're killing it. I'm still calling him Hunter B. I gotta, I gotta to be fair. I feel like you were always the guy. Well, you were the guy that always mispronounced the names. I'm the guy that always forgets the names. Okay. okay. I just completely forget the name yeah well well whatever it is uh i haven't changed and uh you you've moved up a notch uh on, on the ladder here hey uh guys we gotta actually switch to the big club here though uh because just looking at the time here um and we talked a little bit about what's been going on uh, of course some of the games we covered in our flight are quite a bit in the past now um because you know we didn't record last week but we got this seven game road trip coming up and i think this is um this is something when the schedule came out uh, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, it's just this was a bit of the schedule. I'm like, this is really going to be an important part of of how the Canucks season goes. This is a brutal seven game road trip. The first five games are all against teams that are currently above 500. The last two teams are below 500, but those are afternoon games. We know how that goes. Most of this tournament's in the East Coast. You got back to backs against the New York teams in there. Uh, it is a tough one. Um, do you guys have an idea? Like, what would be a, a successful record? coming out of this trip like i would be happy myself with them coming out with seven points in the seven games like if they come out of here three three and one i'd be okay with that um is that enough you guys think considering that is below what the team has been doing and, and their pace this year uh do you guys want like a four two and one yeah like five and two like what what is kind of for you guys uh you'd say is a successful road trip here no, I mean, seven points is five. Again, it's like, like I always say, if you can hold serve on the road, especially on tough road trips, and then, you know, make hay at home, which this team has done, um, that's the way to go. Um, you know, and my hope is, that, you know, of course, you look at this road trip and you see the teams that they're playing and the travel and the amount of t the space between games and all that. There's a lot. I want this team to embrace this challenge. This is, you know, this is an opportunity that 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 the core of this team has wanted for a few years now. Uh, that is to play meaningful games with an opportunity to solidify yourself in a playoff spot. Um, and so that's the most important thing to me. Don't wilt under this. This is a like it's pressure, but this should be fun. This should be exactly what you want. And it's an opportunity to go back East and show the people back East, you know, the kind of team that you, you think that you are and that you firmly believe that you are. Um, and so that to me is the most important thing to embrace this pressure, to, to enjoy this pressure. And I believe talk, said it at the end of the game last night that to enjoy this, because you're in a position at the top of the Pacific Division, which no one thought you were ever going to be anywhere near that, um, with a real chance to, yeah, get yourself in a position to, uh, you know, to enjoy the last couple of months as you try to jockey for your jockey for position near the top of the Pacific Division. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, seven points would be fine. Um, to me, it's more how they, like, again, it's been that way with me the entire time. It's more how they play. 
just like the game against against Ottawa last night. Yeah, they played a great first period, but I wasn't happy with the way they played the last two periods. Um, I thought they were sloppy. I thought the parts of their game that you know had seemed to be figured out were kind of lapsed a little bit. And and so here's a real opportunity to show you know the rest of the, the league. You know, and especially those teams back east and those media bases back east that don't see this team very often, what you're made of. And and I really hope they um, take this opportunity, enjoy it and 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 put their best foot forward. Yeah, I agree. It's how they play these games. Like even if they come away, you know, with a sub 500 uh, record in the seven game road trip. As long as, you know, the efforts there and, you know, they're putting together as close to a 60 minute performance as possible. I think that's a win. I mean, obviously the, the two games that really stick out to me are New Jersey and the Rangers. Um, yeah. Those are the two big games. They obviously have a back to back. They play the Rangers on Monday, the 8th of January. And then the very next night they're playing Horvat uh, in Long Island against uh the Islanders. So, you know, but it's the devil's game, especially since how they lost to the devil's last time they played. And then the Rangers who are right up there as you know, one of the top two or three teams in the entire league. Those are the kind of two big litmus tests for me. Um, the other thing too, is, you know, uh, I think not that this team doesn't have that team camaraderie, but just, you know, going on the road is what really builds that team camaraderie. And I know the one thing talking, and you mentioned talking, talking about this road trip, the one thing he was a little bit concerned about is just their lack of practice time. They're going to get on this road trip, but you know, outside of that one back to back, you know, I assume the Canucks are going to, you know, they're going to have enough rest in between games uh, where they shouldn't be too tired, especially because, you know, you got three games, in you know the central new york state area obviously you know rangers devils islanders so there's not a ton of traveling going on there yes they go down to pittsburgh and they come back up to play in buffalo but uh you know the canucks even though they're going out east they're not doing a ton of traveling which is good you know they should be able to stay in the same hotel you know for all three games against jersey rangers and islanders you would think um yeah, it's going to be a great test. I think this is one of the bigger tests for this team. And then even when they get home, the Coyotes, you know, they're no, they're no walkover anymore. The, the Coyote, Coyotes are playing great. And then obviously they got the Leafs right after that, which is always, you know, a big game in Vancouver. And then immediately after that, you've got Connor Bedard's debut in Vancouver. So, you know, I know we're talking about seven games, but it's really the next 10 games that, you know, the Canucks really need to kind of grind and, you know, get their game to as close to a 60 minute performance as possible. I do wonder how many games on this road trip. Casey DeSmith's going to start. Uh, I say he'll start three. two. I say, three. say three. Okay. Yeah. Brendan. Uh, two for sure. Um, with yeah. the, with, you know, and again, it will, a lot of it will come down to how he plays. And, and, you know, I said something I said last night on Twitter, and I just want to say this quickly, that this is really the beginning of a, a three month stretch where you're going to get, you're going to get, pretty much desperate teams every single night, whether it's teams trying to get back into the playoff per, uh, playoff discussion or teams just like the Canucks who are trying to solidify themselves in a playoff spot. So you're going to get your, you're going to get the best performance from every team because you know, whether they're in on the bubble or outside, like even a team like Ottawa last night, now granted they did, we didn't see their best, but you know, I mean, you got every team right now feels whether that, that they either still have a chance um, or, they want to make sure that that spot in the playoffs is going to be theirs in a couple of months. So you're going to get the best 
from all of these teams from here for the next couple of months. So, you know, it's really the beginning of a stretch drive, which is really weird to say, because we're not even at the halfway point. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a test for this group and I'm, I'm hope, hopefully they're excited for it because they should be. Well, we passed the halfway mark on this road trip. Uh, that's another thing is this road trip takes us over the halfway mark of the season. Um, a couple things, uh, just that, you know, you mentioned the travel with this trip and New York, like Jersey, and Madison Square Garden in Brooklyn are are not far from each other. My mom is from Long Island. We got family out that way. Spent a lot of time out that way. It is not far between all those. If you stay in Manhattan, you can get to the other ones on a train in like 20 and minutes. My, and, 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 and I've got two buddies that are going to all three games. The one in yeah. the one, obviously nice. the first one in, in Jersey and, and then the back to back. And yeah, they're staying in one hotel in down in, in Manhattan yep. and, and all they have to do is take a train to get, to get to all three. It's, so it's, yeah. So it's really in terms of travel. Yeah. You know, you're playing back to back nights is never easy, but you don't have to do any sort of travel. You could stay in one spot and play all three games. No. And the other thing as well. Uh, to, so tomorrow they're in St. Louis central time zone. And then I assume actually they're probably in St. Louis tonight. And then after that, you're in the same time zone for the, for the six games. So it will give yourself some time to climatize in the schedule. I mean, there's no easy games, but on paper, the schedule is easier towards the end of the road trip uh, as well. So um, nothing is a given in the NHL on any day, but those are just kind of a couple of things. I look at this and then this is all offset in March when we have a nine game homestand, uh, which I don't ever remember the Canucks having, but uh it's uh, this is a, a, another critical stretch, like you said, Doug, probably 10 games as well. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, should we take this to the free pour? I take that as a yes. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> was I supposed to answer that question? I mean, I, 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 I guess it, yeah. I guess it was rhetorical. All right, yes. Doug, you can you can take us into the free pour. Yes, so I'm going to talk about a similar thing I did on the last Free Pour episode. And again, I'm highlighting another uh, Vancouver Island distillery. And this one is actually in Victoria, Macaloni's. These guys are doing some absolutely amazing things with whiskey that is only aged three, four, maybe five years. Um, Sherry Bomb, this is the Caldera uh i bought i got this for christmas uh an absolute sherry bomb um canada as a whole has some really incredible distilleries popping up doing some really cool things and vancouver island uh is one of the leaders in some of the canadian spirit whiskeys that are popping up um i obviously last time i was talking about shelter point but macaloni's if you ever see this on the shelf, definitely worth picking up. It's not overly priced like so much whiskey nowadays it is. It's a Canadian spirit. They're doing incredible things. Local, Victoria, definitely check them out if you're ever on the island. Well, you know, I am on the island uh, a bit. and I'll, I've seen that on the shelves. I've never tried it, but I will definitely pick some up next time I see it. Uh, for me, I just want to talk about uh, what's what's going on in the world of Pete. Well, this is going to be my last episode for a few weeks here. I am hitting the road on Tuesday to go on a wacky, wild four-week adventure down in South America. Uh, I haven't done a trip like this for a while. I, as you guys probably know, I travel a lot. This is going to be two new countries for me, getting Peru and Bolivia. 
under the belt. I haven't been to South America in almost 17 years. Uh, so it's kind of a part of the world that I haven't explored a lot. And I've kind of been doing this as uh, I'm trying to do this as a little bit of a throwback to some of my early trips, not organized too much. I'm not going to turn my fo- my data on. I'm not going to have the phone uh, going, uh, you know, using the guidebooks, just trying to kind of fly by the seat of my pants a bit and just kind of like really get back to that elements of what made me fall in love in my early days of travel through like Southeast Asia and Australia and whatnot. So I'm going to miss recording. I'm going to try and catch Canucks games uh, via streams whenever I can. But um, yeah, Tuesday, have a red eye flight out of here and uh, I'll be gone for a few weeks. So um, while I'm away, uh, I need Canucks Twitter to keep the shorty with the 420 calls going. Uh, I would really appreciate that. Brendan, what do you got? Like it's hard for me not to talk about death when people that you know actors and people that I enjoy keep passing away. I mean, it was Andre Brower a couple of weeks ago, and uh, this past week it was Tom Wilkinson. You know, I mean, I think everybody who's watched movies in the last twenty years know him from something, whether it's Batman Begins, um, The Patriot he was in. Um, for me, it was Michael Clayton, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, and he passed away at the age of 75 years old. Um, obviously lived a decently a not decently long enough life, but still, you know, 75 seems a, a little too young. Um, great actor, great actor. One of those just fantastic character actors. Um, and if you haven't seen Michael Clayton before, I really urge you to go see it. It, it to me, is one of the best thrillers of the last uh, the last 25 years. It's just so well done, and he's so good in it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, again, another another actor that I really enjoy leaves us. But uh, thankfully, he leaves a, a, a catalog of work that we'll continue to enjoy long after he's gone. Thanks for tuning in, folks. That's Season 5, Episode 13, Episode 159, overall, just about in the books. And you know what, guys? Like, we just did a full episode, and I don't even think we mentioned how the Canucks are currently first in the Western Conference. I mean, maybe we, maybe someone said it in there, but, you know, One with everything going time, on. man. I, I know, but it's time. just, it's 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 fun. Like, uh, you know, okay. I joked about this before that, like, uh, I used to, when we were doing the podcast, I'd have to keep Cap Friendly open, and I'd just be like, I, I barely looked at that this year. It's, it's fantastic. It's fun being a fan this year. Uh, it's going to be fun following this team from afar, and uh, I'm glad I get in a, to watch a few more games before uh, I go here. Um, guys, any final thoughts here uh, before we sign off? Well, have a great trip. Um, Thank enjoy you. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Um, and yeah, it's just just sit back and enjoy what this team's doing. And hopefully, um, I mean, I don't see why this the, the, the ride isn't sustainable. Maybe not to the extent that it is. You know, where they're you know they're twenty four, ten and three. So maybe not to that extent. But they don't have to, to make the playoffs. They don't have to be that good. So I always just hope this ride continues. And, and by the time we hit uh, April in a couple of months, we're looking at uh, even more help. But enjoy it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, I was just gonna say, Pete. You know, um, if anyone ever made a parody account of you, it would be like your tagline would be "loves to travel and tell you about it." Huh? <laughs> yeah, huh? I like it. Anyways. I like it. Yeah. No, hey, you no, know it's my, trip. <laughs> one of my loves, man. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, 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 I know. But give just me a couple beers and I'll regale you with tales. <laughs> Brendan's it was loves to work out and tell you about it, so I thought that was a nice <laughs> yeah, little I like there. that. If like that's the worst, if that's the worst thing to have somebody has to say about me, I mean, God, I must be doing okay. Yes. No, of course, uh, and like you said, you know, uh, flattery. It's it's completely yes. flattery. Um, yes. Also, Pete, uh, the GM of Montreal, uh, he's going to be in Peru around the same time as you are. So I'd be amazed if you guys randomly ran into each other, not really knowing who each other are. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, Canucks. Uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to uh, to this road trip, and you know, tomorrow they start off against the St. Louis Blues, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and folks, that's not the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that's uh, uh, that's what I was employment. I just I was just like, declare just to clarify that. Yeah, scouting. I mean, it's just and how scouting. would I know that? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on here, um, folks. Uh, once again, on Twitter, I'm at Pete underscore Gas. That account may be quieter than usual for a little while here, but what will not be quiet is the Canucks Speakeasy outro playlist that you can find on both Apple and Spotify. I will be listening to that a heck of a lot. I encourage you guys to do the same. Lots of great tunes on there. Uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Doug Then. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Canucks Speak. And I'm Jabo underscore Vancouver, J-A-B-O. I don't care where I am. My Twitter account will never be silent. Ever. Uh, uh, and obviously, we're also on YouTube, so hit the subscribe button. As always, thanks for listening. Ask him away.